it's God first, others second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome back to Season 6, Episode 4 of the Pursuit Podcast, where we take you inside the locker room of Indiana Wesleyan men's basketball. My name's Griffin Cleaver, and I'm joined alongside Nolan Mater. What's up, guys? And special guest, Jordane Brown. Hey, everyone. In this episode, we're going to talk about our journey as a team so far as we're 10 games in, and then we're just going to wrap it up, talk about a pivotal moment in the locker room that we believe has really sparked change uh, in our season. So first off, Nolan, do you want to just update the listeners on maybe where we're at in the season and fill them in? Yeah, for sure. So right now we're 8-2, and two. just came off a big win against IU East, and uh, we had a good road win against Olivet mm-hmm. at their place. They were ranked 15 at that time, and then we played a tough stretch um, with two of the top teams in our conference, Huntington and Grace. Uh, we dropped to Grace, um, then we had Thanksgiving break. And coming back from Thanksgiving break, we played Bethel East-West and an IU East and are on a three-game winning streak going into Puerto Rico. So I think the team's at a good place right now, and there's a lot of different things we're learning through those games and stories that uh, we're excited to tell on this podcast. Yeah, so take me back to uh, the Grace game. That was right before Thanksgiving break and just going into the game and how it played out, maybe – just tell the listeners what what was going on in the locker room and what we've been learning um, from that game. Man, we all were so excited going into that game. I think we were at a good place coming off that win from uh, Huntington at home and uh, had a great week of practice. And going into the Grace game, we felt confident. Uh, in the first half, man, we had some of the best basketball that we played all year. 20 minutes, uh, we were up 11. Everything was clicking. Shots were going in and held them to a low low field goal percentage as well as uh, just like no transition points and, and we were feeling pretty good going into the uh, halftime. And then uh, after halftime, we kind of let loose and, and they went on a 25-5 to run and never looked back. And I think we ended up losing by 10 or 12 or something and they totally just flipped the switch uh, in that second half. And something that we can really take from that game is we want to be a 40-minute team and uh, we can't take plays off, and we have to uh, fight for all 40 minutes. Yeah, I love I love the part talking about a 40-minute team. That was, I mean, that was drilled in our heads from that moment. And it's it's been evident even in the Bethel game as we were up. I think we got up close to 20, and then we let them come back, and we ended up winning by, I think, only three or four, something like that. Um, so that week of practice, a couple weeks of practice, it's just been full 40 and still is. Uh, Jordan, how as a as a guy who's just doing the daily daily activities of just grind of practice, and you're killing us for a full forty. What what is your story as as far as just practice and coming in every single day, willing to work? Man, so for me, I don't get a whole lot of playing time. So whenever it's practice time, I really come in and I treat it like games. Like it's just like another chance to compete. I'm at heart, I'm a really competitive person, so I really try to live into that. Uh, a lot, a lot of the guys on 
white squad are competitive. Um, I think for us, it's just like we're also just like striving for the same thing. Like we slip up in practice a lot of the time, and y'all kill us for drills. And we've been trying to like be a full forty team just to like push y'all to be better in a lot of ways. Mm, that's good. I know for me personally, I was Dame's first roommate here, coming in as freshman. We both were red shirts coming in, and man, I experienced the white squad for the first two years, and Dame was always always bringing the juice no matter what. Um, and, and I really respect that about Dame. Even though he doesn't get what he always wants on game days, that man will compete. He'll run his mouth. He'll he'll have a have a sense of spirit about him every day of practice. Um, and I've seen that from day one. Uh, man, there are so many moments where we were immature red shirts but still trying to bring it in practice and just learn our way through college. And now seeing Dame grow up and kind of become a man that – and has a, a sense of work ethic about him that that is respectable. Um, that's really neat to see. So, Dame, over over this these four years, man, looking back, what are what are some things you would let the listeners in on in, inside the locker room or inside the program that you've really held on to as your time's coming to an end, man? We're almost done with this first semester of our senior year. It's crazy stuff. I think that one of the things I really hold on to is uh, the community. I mean. You can't make it up. I think that a lot of the times, whenever I'm, like, walking around campus, like, I have friends around campus, and, like, we'll be close and whatnot, but, like, it's just something, like, different about, like, the bond that goes on in the locker room. Like, no matter what rotation of guys it is, uh, we just have, like, this, this special bond and, like, fight for each other. And it all happens in, like, different ways, and some guys express it in different ways. But at the same time, there's just, like, this collective whole and collective unit, and I, I love that. Like, I love, like, all the little pockets inside of it. Like, some guys are close to the other because they're roommates. Some guys have this going on. Some guys have that going on. But at the same time, we always come back together and work toward one collective goal. And that's, I think that's really powerful. Hmm. It doesn't happen too often. That's awesome, Dane. I think it's been really cool to see, as I'm just obviously a year younger than you, to just learn from your leadership in a whole different kind of way. Um, and it, I think it was really cool seeing how you got to have your moment. Uh, we played uh, East-West and we were up and Jordan got in the game and Jordan had his career high and he was uh he was flying through the air, had a had a nice little dunk and all the guys were just going crazy and celebrating and I personally remember that was one of my favorite moments, um, honestly, of the season. And in that moment I was so happy and I think during the course of the season and this kind of brings us into kind of this pivotal moment that we all as players felt in the locker room is before we were really struggling on just having joy for the game and having joy for each other this the standard was so high and perfection is expected here I will and we I think that really kind of was over our heads and it was really taking and robbing us of that joy and so I remember when we had that moment in the locker room. Um, we had a team devotion after the East-West game, and we were just being really open and honest about our, our fears, our disappointments, and just some of our sins that feel like have been gripping us. And I remember I got kind of emotional, um, which for people that know me, that's not really typical, but I was getting pretty emotional because – I remember the di- just the day before you had that career high, and no one was celebrating that. 
And I, I was like, all I wanted to do was just like celebrate and be happy um, for you in that moment. But it just felt like didn't play our best against a team that we should have killed by way more than 40. And so it really robbed us of that joy. But um, maybe from your perspective in the locker room that day when we had that team devotion, share with the listeners what was on your heart and how the, how the Lord was working in the locker room. Out of all my years here, there's only, like, so many times where, like, guys, like, genuinely just, like, come down and, like, really, like, get vulnerable. And for us, for us I feel like that was, like, one of those times. Like, this team, I, a lot of guys, like, really did open up. I don't want to, like, put any guy on blast or, like, spread any business or, like, say anything like that. So I can only speak for myself. <laughs> but something for me was that, like, I found that um, I had, like, fallen to, like, this sin and, like, cycle of just, like, wrath. And, like, um, I'd get angry and, like, I'd be quick to just, like, fight back or, like, say whatever or do whatever and feel like I was justified in my anger, which to some and, make like, maybe to the world, I was right, but it didn't feel right. And for me, I've always been, like, one that's, like, I get that I'm a hothead, but I try to, like, balance it more on the side of aggression as opposed to wrath. And I feel like my anger in general is just, like, a – it was really just, like, a disguise or something like that, I feel like. It was really just, like, masking my fear over just, like – overall anything I'm a pretty fearful person at heart and like I had to confront that in that devo I mean I feel like anger is my first go-to whenever I get fearful about something like it's the easiest emotion to just like override your fear and make you do whatever you feel needs to get done so mm. it's really eye-opening for me yeah I know that was a pivotal part for our team and I can remember the scripture that coach T uh, read right when we got into the room and we all took about five to ten minutes just to really uh, sit and reflect. And he um, he read from Psalm 139, and it says, uh, I think it's verses 23 and 24. And this is something that any listener listening to this can do um, as they start their day or just pause in their day or whatever it is, um, whatever time it is throughout your day, just just to take five to ten minutes and, and allow God to uh, do a work um, from the inside out. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I know for me that's been uh, transformative in my life. And something that came to my mind was just celebrating what's got, what God has done so far in this season. Uh, and in a, in a prayer that I prayed before coming in this year was to be a selfless leader, to be someone who truly died to themselves and I'm learning that if you pray something like that, uh, watch out uh, for the things that may happen because God answers that, but it may not be in the way that you actually think. And um, a lot of you know that I was injured for over a month or whatever, but God stripped me from this identity crisis and this this um, idolatry and anything that I do. He really did did an amazing work, and in that moment, there was a sense of celebration um, in in seeing all the guys confess and seeing what God was up to, um, even in, in the hardest moments um, of this season already. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that moment I'll never forget. It's one of my all-time favorite moments for sure since being a part of this program. I think we'd be a fool to think that that didn't lift some kind of weight off our shoulders going into the next day, um, even in practice, and led into the weekend when we played IU East. But maybe, Jordan, if you have any thoughts on um, just how that played out, maybe the next couple of days of practice and what you felt um, as a re result of just 
letting guys in on biggest struggles and giving it over to God. I think that um, one of the valuable things about having so many practices, working so hard as a team, is that you learn how to trust guys. Like, you know, when a guy takes a shot in the game, you see him take that shot over you like 20 times, so you know whether or not he has a good chance of making that. And after that Devo, I really felt like you could trust guys in a different way. Like, you've seen them being vulnerable. You've seen them when they're trying to be strong. And there's, like, a different trust and different joy, like, especially when you know that, like, a certain individual struggles in an area and you see them push past that area. Like, we actually got to see that happen, like, mid-game, mid-practices. And, I mean, whenever we see that, it's, like, a cause for celebration. Like, we'd be joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, Some guys were struggling with confidence, yet on Saturday, I think it was, they were shooting the ball, followed through, was as solid as ever. No doubt in their mind, it was falling. It played out in a really special way. Yeah, I think I could see it play out as well. I think before that moment, there was a lot of doubt within our team. A coach was telling us to be a 40-minute team, and every single practice was probably filled with three-fourths defense and maybe like 25% offense. Maybe. Maybe 25, like maybe Maybe 10, 10. 15. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, before, like, we came into into practice with a mindset, and and you could just tell guys were doubting or – they were almost fearful about like what we had to do when it comes to defense. And coach was preaching to uh, be a defensive team that played 40 minutes and knew how to fight every possession. And that's something that we've been trying to uh, grow in as a team over this course um, in this stretch in this season. And after that confession, Devo, I feel like guys were united and wanted to uh, be there. Not that it was easy, not that the moments in practice were fun we were still doing defense and the practices were still structured the same but there was a sense of joy that we were together and you could feel that trust like dame said so uh i know there's a verse in the bible that says something like it is pleasant for god's people to live in unity and i could i could sense that unity and i know as we circled up after practice like like griff said we'd be fools to not see the team's unity and that confession come together and how those two things kind of uh, play hand in hand. Yeah, I remember from my own personal ex- experience and what I shared was just a lack of joy. And I remember talking to Coach Coach T after, and he said something that like really, really stuck with me, and he was kind of opening up even about his own spot where he was at coaching, and he felt like he was kind of coaching out of that same fear that we were as players playing out of. Um, and it was really cool in that moment. He just said, me and you, let's commit to have enjoy this practice and tomorrow's game. It wasn't a, like, you need to do this when you're in the gap or like you need to get on the loose balls or stay in front of your guy. It was, let's just commit to each other to have joy. And he told me, he said, if you see me not smiling, like, tell me. And I, I thought that was really cool. And I thought it was pretty funny how it played out. There was a, a moment in the game, and we've all been kind of joking about it, but got a steal, and for guys that know me, I, I'm not very athletic, so I uh, I got up and had a little dunk, maybe, if you call it that, and I, I celebrated and let out a little bit of a scream for probably a couple seconds too long, and Coach Tonegal was yelling at me to get back, and um, there was a dead ball at the, at the other side of the, the court, and he was like, Griffin, like, you got to get back. Like, no, don't celebrate. And I just looked at him. I was like, Coach, I was having joy. 
I, I could tell he wanted to say something, but he just kind of laughed. And that was a moment that really stuck out to me, and I'll, I'll never forget. Dame, what were you feeling in that moment? I know at the end of the bench, like, Coach T, his face is purple, and we just see Griff, like, celebrating uh, for a few too many seconds. I was lit with him, dude. I was on the court. <laughs> I was in the corner with Would it. you have done the same thing? Yes, dude. And yeah. I No, that was awesome. Like, I didn't even care what Coach T was saying, and we got the stop on the other end, so. Oh, 100%. I especially didn't care. I know, I know Cade had that block, and then someone oh, pitched it ahead to yeah. Griff, and then Griff threw it up to uh Cade yeah. and that I mean we I played a lot of games in Lucky and that was Lucky was not even really that packed but it got it got, got pretty, pretty loud. loud yeah and yeah shout out Cade he's been he played well that game and has been he's been killing it killing it so yeah so again we're eight and two in the season right now and we're about to pack our bags and kick our feet up and head to Puerto Rico so we're excited to see what the Lord has 85 and sunny yeah <laughs> We're excited to see what the Lord has uh, for our team while we're there. Hopefully we'll come back with, with two wins and all go home for Christmas break. And A lot of stories. Yeah, a lot of stories. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Amen. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.